Welcome to Conversations at Basecamp. I'm Noah. And I'm Kim. And we're the co-founders of Kihila, a private community that is a digitized and modernized women's resource group. Our content is designed to provide the universal core skills, confidence, and competence needed to advance and lead today and tomorrow. We believe that representation matters. On this podcast, you'll be able to hear some of the amazing conversations we have in our platform with an incredible array of diverse, empowered women. These conversations have inspired our own personal, professional, and financial lives and given us the confidence to step up and show up as our boldest, truest selves. We hope to spark fire in your soul, too, and help you on your journey to live on purpose and get in the driver's seat of your life. This is Basecamp for Women on the Rise. Join us. Step up. And while you're up there, reach down and bring another woman up too. Welcome to Kahila's Coffee Chat series. Wednesday group mentoring sessions with executives and leaders on their success routines and how they've risen to where they are today. Today's Coffee Chat is with Dee Marshall, the CEO of Diverse and Engaged and one of Kim and my favorite humans. In case you didn't have a chance to read Dee's very long bio, she has a bajillion gajillion credentials, awards she has won. She is a fine, incredible, amazing human. So please take a moment to read them. They're too long. I'd spend an hour here just reading all of Dee's awards. Um, but wanted to sh share with you that um, Dee is also an incredible uh, person, very committed to service. And as a result of her service to women in particular, She's received numerous awards, as I mentioned, that include the United States of Women Nominated Changemaker, the NAACP Community Service Award, Delta Sigma Theta Women of Achievement Award, and many, 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 many more. Welcome, Dee. Hi there, ladies. So excited to be here for this coffee chat and to see you all. I, uh, my favorite, some of my favorite people here. Good to see you. <laughs> so good to see you. So we are going to start at the beginning. Some of the Kahila members know about your background, but many don't. So I'm going to start at the very beginning. Do you spent over 12 years in a thriving career on Wall Street? What called you to launching your own business? And what finally made you take the leap? Wow. Okay. So what called me and how did I make the leap? Well, I will say this, you know, it's per, it's easy. Um, what called me was purpose. That's what called me or invited me to leave corporate America, my nine to five. So it was purpose. It was, you know, I think we all get to a place where we want more meaning and purpose in our lives, or we feel like there's something more. And so um, I felt like that. And so purpose was really uh, what called me from corporate, from my nine to five to then launch out into the deep. Um, and then, you know, and this is a long story short. And then what made me take the leap? It was these words, Kim, Noah, D Marshall, stop playing small. It was those words in, in um, I would say, for the most part, it boils down to that. Now, certainly I'm making a very long story short, but yes, I worked on corporate America, had an amazing uh, job and uh, in training and development, 
But what really led me away was purpose when it comes down to it. You all know, I do have a backstory of, okay, but how did that purpose come to you, D. Marshall? Is that what you want to know, Kim? Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Let, give, us the, give us that story, D. Give us a long story, long, long story, mid-short, kind of, because you all know I can go. So yeah, ladies, I worked on Wall Street on September 11th, was very proud and honored to be there um, on the 33rd floor of One New York Plaza. I trained million dollar producers. I was one of the only uh, women or few women and definitely women of color. And September 11th happened, which some of you may know the story. Some of you may be a little younger. Um, the terrorist attack on the country. And I was the second person to the elevator on September 11th at One New York Plaza. And I know that because the elevator doors closed when I got there. And so I went down, down 33 flights of stairs and made a long journey home. But it was on September 12th, the day after September 11th, the day after that was the defining moment. It was when I woke up the, you know, the next day. And I remember thinking, did that happen? Wait, what happened? Did something happen? So when I woke up, I was just trying to process what happened yesterday. And after really coming to that, the questions that presented themselves that I've been sharing forever about how I, uh, you know, launched out into the deep to find my purpose that got me here, the questions were, or the one big question, if I died yesterday, which would have been September 11th, would I have any regrets? And that was the story um, or I should say the defining moment. That was um, the situation and circumstance that created the September 12th, the moment of if you died yesterday, would you have any regrets about your life, about what you're doing, um, how you're moving, how your life is unfolding, your relationships? I heard some of the folks here talk about you know, what they may be clearing out. And I heard some people talk about relationships. You know, that question of if you died yesterday, would you have any regrets? That's a question of evaluating your life. Would I have any regrets about my job, Kim? Noah, would I have any regrets about my relationships? Would I have any relationship or, or any um, regrets about what I'm doing at this point or what I didn't do? So, that is really the, the situation and the circumstance surrounding a defining moment. Everybody, I want you to think about, I want you to write this down, defining moment, because defining moments show us who we are. And, you know, so if somebody's thinking, but I don't have a September 11 story. No, you don't, but you do have a defining moment. And if you don't have one yet, keep on living. But defining moments, they show up like a death in the family, an illness, a job loss. Some like, think about the season we're in Noah and Kim, you know, there's some sort of loss or separation. That's a defining moment. And so um, defining moments are their crossroads where there's a fork in the road that invites you to continue along this road or 
you make a definitive decision about which way to go. Are you going to turn right or turn left? And so, Kim, my story was working on Wall Street, the defining moment. It forced me to make a definitive decision about what now and what next, what after September 11th. And I decided that I wanted more meaning and purpose for my life. So your question, how did this happen? How did you get here? There's a long story short. And then the long story long is it's purpose purpose. I was in pursuit of purpose, but it came in terrorist attack, defining moment, down 33 flights of stairs. And that's what led me here. I have chills. Yeah, such an incredible story. Um, and I think for many people, you know, this last year, 2020, is probably a defining moment in many of our lives, if not all of our lives. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how we all think about it and use it as we continue to move forward. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. D, you use the word defining moment a lot of oh, words, should I say. Don't you think that that is the moment where, you know, the whispers become screams? Yeah. You know, there, yeah. there are moments of little, niggles that we have of something ain't right here and we often just keep sweeping it under the rug and then you have this fork in the road where you have to make a choice and whether it's like is this it kind of moment that you had on September 12th but do you think there's ways that you know we don't have to wait for that till we get to the you know we're now at a, a real fork in the road and you only have a choice to go right or left yeah. Is there ways to listen when it's a whisper before it becomes a scream? Yeah, you know, that's a good that's a good point, Noah. And I love the way you called it out. You are absolutely right. We have whispers, snapshots, commercials of coming attractions that show up. Let's play this out. We had snapshots, commercials, coming attractions. Um, around our lives and desires in 2019, right? But when 2020 happened, Kim, to your point, a defining moment, now it's like the sirens, like, oh my goodness, because, you know, we're, we're in a defining moment. And so you're right, Noah, we had these whispers before the defining moment. So you do have them beforehand, but it, it, it's something like a defining moment that forces us to now question life, seek meaning and purpose, um, reevaluate our lives. And so, but here's- and to take action. And to take action. Yeah. Here is how you tap into that beforehand. And I feel like we've talked about this before. It is putting in place um, the time to, uh, for yourself to reflect, right? Those moments of in, you know, introspection and, and reflection about life, you can put those in place beforehand to be thoughtful and intentional about your life, about what life is teaching you, about what's showing up, about what's trying to come forward in your life. Like, what are you feeling? And so that's a way to tap in before there's a defining moment 
and in many ways a crisis. Like mm-hmm. you, we don't want a car crash. We don't want an illness, a diagnosis. We don't want that. We want to be responsible and pay attention to our lives before a defining moment or before a crisis, right? And so, but so 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 if you're here or because you are here, it's block time on Saturdays. Is Saturday a self-care Saturday, right? Or is Sunday a sacred Sunday where you you sit with you know yourself? You silence the incoming traffic, no distractions. Let me tap in. Let me ask myself the question before the defining moment, if I died yesterday, would I have any regrets? You can take that question from our coffee chat and like, I mean, really use that as a um, a hack, if you will, um, as a self-care placeholder, if you will, as a prompt in your journal, if you will. Um, so I think that's how you do it. You could do daily, uh, Noah, daily debriefing at the end of the day, right? What worked today? What didn't work today? How could I be better? Uh, what worked? What didn't? Am I happy? Am I happy today? Um, you know, uh, um, am I, um, how do I feel today? Checking in on how you feel, um, checking in on, you know, what about today? Would I change, if anything? That's a daily debrief. That, that's on the drive time home from work. And if there's no drive time, that's in the transition time from, you know, your home office to the kitchen. Yeah. I remember, I can't remember the exact word where you described it, but you, I think about this all the time. You said that in the mornings, before you even look at your email, you just give yourself a time to sit on the bench and think. Yep. And how critical it is to just give ourselves time to think. Yeah. Yeah. The level set. I call it the level setting. And it's the seven things that you should do before your feet hit the floor. So that is a practice, um, you know, to really anchor in and never have regrets. Because if you do the level setting at the beginning of the day, you have a practice of checking in on yourself, your values, your goals, what's most important to you. And so that is that is absolutely um, a practice. So whether it's on the front end, whether it's on the back end, or whether it's on a Saturday. Now, a lot of people will may engage in this kind of activity once a week. And you may start there. We start there, right? Self-care Saturday or sacred Sunday. Um, and for me, when I was in corporate, I did it on the on the ride home from Midtown Manhattan or uh, downtown Wall Street back to Jersey. It was a bus ride. I would uh, reflect on the day, what worked, what didn't. And then my next step along my journey was level setting. So, so we do it in progression in terms of what feels good for us, right? For high level executive women, I say no, level set first thing in the morning, that's your level up. That's gonna save your life. That's gonna save your marriage. That's gonna protect your passion. That's gonna protect your purpose. That's gonna protect your gift. It's the seven things that you do before you your feet hit the floor. And part of it is just reflecting, right? You don't need to get caught up in all of the, you know, what are the things? It's, it's just what, what you said, Noah, is just about pause before I am officially open for business as a person. 
And if we just do this sidebar for a second, being open, open for business, it just means you personally, you, you have office hours where you are open to the world uh, or maybe open even to your inner circle, to your family. So maybe you have VIP, you have family and friends hours. That may be from seven to eight. Or for, I don't know, for y'all, all of y'all who are married, you you need to, there's no hours for that. Actually, let's scratch that. Let me get y'all together right now because we need to save some marriages. Okay, scratch that. Whatever you do, do not have hours for your spouse, okay? Let's, that's right. I know somebody is throwing a shoe at me right now. Yeah, let's course correct that, okay? Do not, whatever you do, do not go home or go into the other room and talk about this level setting with your spouse, okay? Because we need to protect all the marriages here and your love. So you want to be able to attend, attend. Everybody say attend in the chat, attend. Attend to your spouse, okay? Okay. So, but you all get my point. Kim, you love that, don't you? I love it. I, yes, because I can, yeah, I can imagine uh, some some people being like, so I can't talk to you right now because I am not open. But on the flip side, it is important to both attend to your, you know, whoever that is, the your really love, important your love. loves in your life, but also to know you got to have some sacred time for yourself. So, yeah, yes. but not being too rigid that you push That's those right. people away. That's exactly what it is. And so, Kim, so Noah, I was challenged the other day. Um, the ladies were like, well, D, how do I, how do I do that? Like, how do you do that if you have family and kids? And they just thought it was going to be, it's just unheard of. It's not going to happen. And so let me just say for moms, um, here and, you know, those of you who have full responsibility at home, you wake up an hour earlier. That's how you get it in. Okay. That's where you protect yourself. And maybe you don't start with an hour, but you start with 15 minutes earlier, or you start with 30 minutes earlier and you try a hot soak, a bath. You try to do things that you've never done before. You disrupt your routine. Um, and what's funny lock about the door. That, what'd you say? I said and lock the door on those because door. otherwise, yeah, everyone yeah. in my house just walks in. That's a And that's a success routine, ladies. I'm going to tell you all, that's a hack. I know you all know this and we've talked about it before, but that that's a hack. It's, it's you wake up earlier because no one is going to be demanding of your time and upset with you at five and six in the morning. Um, and that's- I will, I will say my husband started encroaching on my 5.30 in the morning time and- he now knows he's going to get a death stare if he starts talking to me before seven in the morning. I'm not open for business. I'm not open for talking. He can babe, do what are you talking about? Babe, what are you talking about at five? What, are, Babe, everybody, babe, what do you need to say to me at 530 that you can't say at, at, at 730, 830? This is not a meeting, babe. Listen. Mm -hmm. no. <laughs> well, so D... I mean, it, it, you know, your confidence, your strength just sort of exudes out of you. But can I ask, you know, how did you develop that? Were you always this like strong of a young girl? Have you developed it over time? Love to hear for others, you know, for all of us to understand, how did you gain your confidence, strengthen that voice and really learn to be an advocate for yourself? Kim, you remember in first grade, I barely spoke. I was painfully shy. Noah, you remember, I barely 
spoke as a young girl. I was painfully shy. Um, I learned later as an, a young adult woman, insecure. I didn't know that. I just thought I was painfully shy. Um, and so, yes, you are absolutely right. I was, I have not always been this person, but here's how it happened. I, my first job was in, was on Wall Street. And so when it's male dominated, super conservative, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, opportunity to grow. Uh, I'm a social learner. How many of you here weren't the sharpest knife in the drawer at, at you know, in school? Um, okay, well, that was me. But what I learned after school is I am a social learner. So I was not, I may not um, have high IQ, but Gardner's intelligences says that there are multiple intelligences. And I, uh, my, um, uh, where I do well is EQ. So I'm high on EQ, emotional intelligence. My ability, it's our ability to connect, to manage ourselves and connect with other people, right? It's your inter and your interpersonal skills. So how I broke out of this was one, being in an environment um, and being a social learner, I learned from other people. I le you learn by observation. Who, how many of you here learn by observation, right? So that was one, but also, um, I will say, so, so the learning, but also the demand and the need. When you are in a corporate environment, you learn that you need to step up. You need presence and you need to be, you need to be present and you need to have presence. You need to be able to, you know, thrive in, in that environment. So how I got out of this was really the social learning. Um, it was definitely the environment that pulled me along and that really gave me the benchmark, right? It gave me the bar. So like, it was like, here's the bar. You, this is how you need to show up. Um, but Kim Noah, you all know, I talk about this all the time when we're together, it was my investment in my personal growth and development. So that's how I came out of this personal growth and development. And what I realized is not talking and not being able to talk was more about, again, um, uh, increasing my, my self-esteem and my value. Somehow it amplifies your voice. So working in helps you to, um, helps it to come out. And so personal growth and development, being really clear on identity, meaning and purpose for my life. Once I got into meaning and purpose, once I got into knowing who I am, I was able to speak out, speak confidently, walk into these rooms where, listen, I, own, I, I got this, we got this. Yesterday I had to do a presentation and um, and actually I was co-presenting, actually you all will love this, it was with WeBank and the board, the board, they're a client, how big is that? So Lindsay, who works for WeBank, we were co-presenting and she texts me, she goes, I'm nervous and I'm never nervous. And I'm thinking, I am too. And so I'm about to text Lindsay back and say, so am I, but look, we're partners in this. That's not going to be good. Look, in fact, that's why your partner's Kim and Noah. So Kim, when you're down, Noah's going to pull you up. And Noah, when you're down, Kim is going to pull you up. But here's what we're not going to do. Everybody say that even though it's not proper proper grammar, okay? This is what we're not going to do, everybody. This is what we're not going to do. Kim and Noah, we're not going down together. Now look, you can have, what we're not going to do, Noah, 
is we're not going down together. Now you can go down today. It's okay. I got you, greatness, right? And Kim, you're not what we're not going to do. You can go down today, but but that's why we're partners. To be quite honest, we wouldn't need to be partners if we're both going to be down. And so I text Lindsay back, even though I'm nervous. I said, "We got this. We got this." And she said, "High five, virtual high five." We're talking about a heavy topic. We're talking about race. And I'm like, as long as you got my back, I got your back. Little brown girl and a little white girl, we're going in here with all of the big corporate brands. And we are, and so how did that happen? It was investing in myself, right? Investing in myself. And that helped me to get over, um, you know, being uh, insecure, like knowing who I am and building confidence. I promise you, the more we invest in ourselves, you can feel yourself rising. Whether you're invested in learning in this, this learning, this is like a social learning environment. And this is actually what I would do. So Kim and Noah, I was always the person in these kinds of environments. If there was a community, I was there. I was there live. If there was a talk and an author, I was there. I'm taking notes. I'm uh, you know, uh, taking notes and taking names. And, and that's how I, I, I got here to be, to be quite honest. So I know that was a long story about how I got over, you know, being painfully shy. Um, you know what, I will tell you this one thing. So way back when there was something called Toastmasters and Toastmasters was very specifically to help, uh, you know, us with our communication skills. What I liked about Toastmasters is it wasn't a one-off workshop. It was ongoing. One of the things that I like about Kahila is that you offer lots of different things. I like it because for me, I can catch from this kind of casual social learning because this is, this is leadership development. This is personal development. This is professional development. It's just that you have to be able to catch what are the three nuggets that I can learn from this? that are priceless to be quite honest, if they're gonna add value to my, like I can't put a, a price tag on our coffee conversations if I'm learning um, something, but um, in any event, I like Toastmasters because it was ongoing. And I signed up because I heard all of the really great speakers talk about Toastmasters. Interesting thing happened, I never got to Toastmasters. I went, but I never went through because I was moving and shaking. And all of a sudden I became this person. It was through investing in communities like this, social learning, and just taking good notes at work. I love, thank you for sharing that. I think it's so important for people to hear um, from people like you who do not come across as the shy child, but you were and you overcame it. And I think it's just so, huge to realize like to see the stories of people who really like worked at it and changed behavior and and grew it's so awesome yeah 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 no it's 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 a but people don't believe people don't believe it when i say but i like to tell that to share that story so that other people can believe like whatever passion you have whatever desire you have for your career um i was that person at uh, in corporate america admiring the person you you all on 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 screen and on stage i would say oh my goodness they're so amazing and i'm so inspired these two women they run the business 
I was that person. And I'm like, wow, how could they get up and, and do this? And how do they speak in front of all of these people? That was me. I was inspired, but I was also in awe. And so now I've become, become that person. And, um, and it's really super, it's super sweet. But that's why I like to tell people the truth about being shy. Um, I like to give language so that when you're in corporate America, you understand the value and you understand how to really um, shape and give language to where you are, what you're doing. And um, particularly when it comes to development, like leadership development, uh, you all know I'm heavily invested in leadership development, but just to be able to, even on your professional development plans to talk about things like this that add value to you know how you show up in the world, so. I, we have a million questions for you and I could definitely speak to you for hours, but we, um, we are obviously short on time, but I have one kind of follow-up question to that. So obviously the last 12 plus months have rattled us all to our core. What, ha what have you kind of tweaked in your um, personal and professional development routine and habits over the last 12 months to keep you know, living your life by design and, you know, keep stepping up in the way you show up? Yeah, what have I modified or tweaked? You know, I think it's a good question because first of all, your question, Noah, gives permission or the assumption that we're probably not running our regular routine pre-2019. So I think you, that's a nugget in and of itself that, okay, let's not pretend that we're running the same play that we did. So I love that you brought that out. Um, I will tell you all, I'm, I am challenged struggling a bit, um, but I think I'm working through it now um, because our schedules are heavier, mm. right? Like COVID just brought on a whole, a whole nother weight in that working from home, the days are extended because there's no hard lines. And so routines were disrupted. Um, and so I'll tell you how I've shifted. Um, you know, my morning routine is different nowadays. Like I still have a morning routine, but it's not the same morning routine. So I still um, do the gym because the gym helps um, to manage mental wellness, to be quite honest, everybody. So like, if you had to scrap everything, I would say, but don't scrap your workout because not only is it good for your health, your physical health, but it's good for your mental health and well-being. So I still do that. My prayer life is disrupted. Like it's not that same routine that I do. Um, uh, let's see, my vitamin gain is serious now since COVID. So I have to have the vitamin. I, and again, I think because that's something new and different for me in terms of my ability to focus. So like I take a, a vitamin, um, well, I take two, I take a multivitamin, but then I have one that is specifically energy and focus. I'm just going to be honest. It's, and it helps me because I need to be able to focus. Um, and so that's new, like my, my vitamin routine. I'm going to tell you all something. I have a snack routine that I'm really not proud of right now. So I'm eating low vibration snacks. Like, okay, well that's new. Now it's not a routine, but I'm just going to be honest. Like that's kind of my, my uh, um, 
you know, a new thing. And, and I'm going to, I stopped beating myself up about it, but can I tell y'all what I'm really excited about that's in my routine? Please. You know what? I wish I could show you. I wish I could show you, but. I am a total snack fiend. Please show us if you have. Can I okay. show you? Yes, please. I have a new pair. I only have two pair of shoes. Oh, show up. COVID. One pair are my Chucks. Even before Madam Vice President was MVP, I bought one pair of shoes and they're Chucks. And I just bought a new shoes and I wear them every day in the office. <gasps> oh my God, those are amazing. Rollerblades. In my office. I was in my office for at least half day. At least half day. At least half day. <gasps> that <laughs> is fantastic. And everyone's loving that. <laughs> that is how you disrupt and create new routines. Because if we come back, you need, we need fun. You need to touch on some new emotions to disrupt some things. We need this. I wish I could show you all. I feel like, you know, when we're done here, maybe Noah, we should go on to IG, right? I know we're in the formal Kahila lounge and we're having drinks, but I feel like, although I'm not ready. So can I tell y'all how excited I am when I come into my office and I roll around this office, you don't even understand. And I, it's new. And it's new and, you know, I've been watching skaters since COVID and, you know, every night on IG, there's a guy called Push. I don't know if you know him. He's a famous roller skater. Can you dance on roller skates? No, not yet, but I want to. Oh my God, that's amazing. And so can we make this, I mean, literally ladies, you all may, stay with me here. That can add significant value. Let's talk about this for a second, Kim Noah fun in your life in this season. We just have come through an unprecedented, the most unprecedented time, and we're still getting through. Let's think about what we have not been doing that we now need to do. What do we need to add to the success routine? And so what I'm saying is, you know, I coach high performers. I am, you know, I have reasonable success. I mean, a lot of wins in my life, but I don't want to dote on that. So I'm good at success routines, but guess what? I'm good on balance. I'm looking for love in my life and I got fun and fun in my office. And so these roller skates, I'm on half day and I'm going to learn to skate. And guess what? Day four, I fell. I had my first fall. Called my mom. Hey mom, guess what? She goes, what? I go, so today I had the first fall. She goes, yeah, how did it go? I'm like, well, I didn't master it yet, but I'm going to get better at this. I fell on my butt. And so I now understand why we have cushion. I say, and so I'm talking her through this and she is, it's just hysterical. And I said, mom, ask me, what did I do after I fell? She says, what did you do? I said, I got up. I took one last lap around my office and my office is huge. One last lap inside and I went in and I put my shoes on and I went home for the day. That's it. (laughs) I love it. Um, And it's so important that having fun, especially when, you know, this year has over a year has been dragging out for almost everybody. Right. And it's easy to get into like, okay, another day it's groundhog day, but like to disrupt it with really fun things. 
And then but you're also, it's fun, but you're learning a new skill. So you're challenging yourself both mentally and physically. That's and right. that is really important. That's right. That's right. So I'm glad, you know, you all could receive this in terms of my success routine and again, and how to make this make sense for us, but then also to leave room that everything doesn't need to make sense. But, but certainly if we're here from a learning perspective, it was to disrupt routines. So yeah. to allow for your routine to be different and to find out what's working for me now in this season. So I still have the reading routine. So I do read 20 minutes first thing in the morning. For all of us and all of you who want to be experts, read 20 minutes a day. I still listen to an audio at the end of the day. That's part of my success routine. Vitamins part of the success routine. Um, you know, but also the fun as part of part of the routine. My days are a little extended. Um, I will say I've given myself a date when that no longer can happen. So by June is a deadline for I have to work into my next level. So we would have been one year into this window. And so by then, D, you need to better manage your schedule to now uh, scale back these hours for health and well-being. Um, and I want to share this last one with you, ladies. So this isn't a daily success routine, but um, I um, now have a bit of a routine and having relation or having uh, conversations live with people on the telephone, and I never did that before, um, and a new network. I'm having conversations, one activity, one new activity every week. I'm having conversations with people I've never met before, VCs, people who speak a different language, because I'm leveling it up to something else. So I would say, think about the one thing that you can do every week here, the checking in on people, sending thank you cards. So I am having one conversation every week with somebody I've never met before, but that's kind of the new levels of routine for me. And I think it goes back to you decided to have a beginner's mindset, roller skating, speaking to VCs, just learning a new mental language. And that's it. Yeah, so awesome. By the way, Betsy, there's a whole bunch of people who want to see you um, roller skate on Instagram. So we're gonna have to set that up. And um, I'm going to volunteer Kim for that, not for myself, because I have zero coordination. But Betsy has um, shared, we'll post it back in the platform, some light up wheel roller skates. So, so excited. We just took a complete left-hand turn in that conversation. That was well worth it. It was. So a quick question that we had gotten from um, a member question that came in actually before this conversation. So talking about success routines. And she says, uh, I've been putting time and effort into my success routines, including setting daily goals, reviewing wins, losses, setting daily intentions. But when I'm recapping the week and the month, I am focusing more on my misses and not as much on all the accomplishments. What tips do you have to soften the inner critic? Uh, it seems to really have an uh, overall effect on self-esteem. Two things. Good. Yep, two things. One, always start with the accomplishments never start with the, the misses or the mistakes. That's a rule of thumb because it gets you in a positive frequency. Always start every activity, start every Monday. If you feel that you're struggling, write down um, the top uh, five things that I'm, um, that I'm a proud of or the top five things that I accomplished. That's how you start, particularly in overwhelm. And that's how you start an evaluation of yourself. Always start with the wins. 
um, in my journal, the journal is set up in such a way it, it, where it's prompting um, me to list my accomplishments. Uh, one of my planners is a law of attraction planner. I mean, I have several, but that's one. So that would be number one. And then number two, um, the exercise of looking at misses is absolutely a leadership best practice because it's called, um, it's the law of reflection where you're pausing long enough for learning to catch up. And so it is a good exercise to look at lessons, but only look at them from the perspective of lessons. What uh, didn't work and what's the lesson? So those would be the two thoughts. Yeah. So it's not just berating yourself for the mistake. It's looking at really intentionally looking at what's the lesson from that miss. That's right. Another, um, another member question we have, what's your top piece of advice for a new people manager? For a new people manager. So if I'm a new person, I'm a new people manager, what would I do first? I I would get to know the people (laughs) and like really get to know the people. Um, Yep, I would go more high touch and low tech. Mm -hmm. I would as much as I can just really spend time with people. Um, And I think in this, in this, where we are now, it's um, going a little bit deeper and being open to cultural nuances of people. So one, learning people, getting to know people, but also multicultural. So, um, cause that's, a challenge for people, right? Getting to know cross race, right? And, but what is a value, a high value proposition and what you'll need as a people manager is to manage through a multicultural lens because we're in a very sensitive space. So being able to know cultural nuances, um, yeah. Mm, I love that. Cassandra said, that was me. I just want to make sure I'm being the best manager I can be to my person. Yeah. And then I'll give you this one other is also a, a high level investment in yourself personally, because in investing in yourself, um, right, you'll be better connecting with other people. So I would say those two things, it is um, increasing your EQ, your emotional intelligence. And EQ or EI or emotional intelligence is the top priority for people managers. And what I mean by that is when we say emotional intelligence, it's your inter and your intra personal skills. I see you, Cassandra, and your inter and your intrapersonal skills are, it's how I carry myself and how I connect with other people, right? I'm going to be very intentional about when I'm in a conversation with Kim, just really um, showing up and being a hundred percent present, uh, listening, uh, not allowing for distractions, not multitasking, uh, listening to what's being said and not said and not rushing anything, allowing for it to be organic. Um, and, and how I'm going to be able to do that better is when I've invested in myself, I can be more, um, present in, in, in the, in the exchange. So I see you, Cassandra. Awesome. Um, well, Dee, we know leading, continue on this relationship building. We know you are an incredible relationship builder and you have a real strategy behind you know, networking and getting to know people below that level of people, you know, hate the word networking, but like really getting to know people who are also important to your own, you know, where your career is going. Um, could you share, you shared with us before, but share with our audience today 
a little bit more about how you go about building those strong relationships, growing your network and really growing, you know, yourself personally and your career because of those systems. Yeah. Yeah. So I do have a hack. I call it the fortune 50 list. Um, and the fortune 50 list, it's really an exercise of being thoughtful and I'm going to say purposeful about relationships and meaning relationships where you meet um, interesting or good and great, amazing people and you have a natural desire to stay connected for, um, it could be a mutually beneficial, beneficial future uh, something. So it's a mutually beneficial future something, or it could be just that I want to stay connected and, and allow for whatever to evolve. So it's one of those two things. There's interesting people that you're already connected to. Like, I'm going to give an example. You all do that well, right? Because I got this wonderful pie, not just because I got the pie, but just because we connect, we have a little offline time. In fact, over the year, we've come to know each other and cheer for each other. Um, but the concept is called the Fortune 50 list where you are identifying um, up to 50 people. It never quite gets to 50. I think 25 is probably a more reasonable number. 10 would be, a, would be okay if over the course of the year, you're showing up in different spaces, you naturally connected to someone, whether it was even here in the chat, right? Even here in this community, you know, I see that I'm really connected with Cassandra or Betsy, you know, I might go out, uh, might add Betsy to my list and like, oh, and then I'm going to go over and follow her, check her out on Twitter, Instagram. I'm just going to follow her online and, and maybe connect there. It's an intentional thing, but to really up-level that, when we are business women and or professional women, it's appropriate to add on that Fortune 50 list, name, number, email address, birthday, notes on where you met, and then to strategically reach out every quarter, every other month. And as a reminder, it's just that you're being thoughtful and intentional and it's okay to say, you know, I really want to stay connected to this person. I just think she's amazing. I don't know what for, or I don't know. I think we do have some synergy. And so that's what that hack is about. Um, so that's one. Now, the other part of it is I can commit to memory, the people that I want to stay connected to. And, um, and this is the other side of that and just uh, reach out on a regular basis. And I like to send gifts. So I have, I send snail mail, I have stationery, I have cards that I have to put a stamp on. And, you know, I had fallen off for a minute, but recently I got addresses. And so I have a list of about uh, 15 or so people who, some of which I really just want to say thank you. So my list is built because right now I just want to say thank you to these people. So it's not that these are the people I want to stay connected to. These are people who have really been kind to me and I want to make sure I'm being responsible. I want to randomly surprise them to let them know when I don't need anything from them. So that's another way to really uh, be thoughtful and intentional about these relationships. I think I've also shared there's like an app. That I, that I used to use to send cards if we've taken photos. So 
that's that relationship piece. And, and just always thinking about relationships. I like to frame it like this, right? Um, you want to be able to move from networking and just exchanging business cards and information to meaningful, meaningful relationships. So I don't need to know a lot of people. I don't need to know everybody here at this networking event. I just really want to connect with these three people, three people, three meaningful connects, and I'm good. I don't need to meet with everybody here. So that's a little bit about how I frame uh, these meaningful relationships. I love it. I saw on your Instagram the other day, I follow you on Instagram too. Um, you, you posted something about um, worry and about not giving um, energy to worry. Um, again, this last year, there's been so much to be worried about between, you know, health insecurity, racial injustice, yeah. continued racial injustice, economic insecurity. First of all, what do you do when you notice that you're feeling, how, do, how does it affect you when you are feeling stressed, worried, anxious, and then how do you manage it? Yeah, how it affects me, it's, it's usually a recurring theme, like a replay of a record, like it keeps showing up um, in my spirit and in my mind, so it's a recurring thought. So it's very present is how it shows up and how um, I manage it, because I think I posted that, Noah, when I caught myself, like, oh, you're really worried, D. Marshall, like, that's interesting, because I'm usually not there, I'm usually pretty good, and I'm like, oh, wow. Um, and what I realized is there was this recurring worry or recurring theme that was worry. And I think because it had gone on too long, that's why I was able to notice it. Yeah. Um, and I think I woke up in the middle of the night. I never wake up in the, when people say they wake up in the middle of the night or what keeps you up at night, I'm never up at night. So I don't, nothing's keeping me up. Um, and so I do one thing to shift my thought. Well, two, one, I find the one thing that I can be grateful about as it pertains to that thing. And so I'll, I'll give you, let me be more specific. There is a business decision that I made recently and it's recurring, it's a recurring thought of worry. Did I make the right decision? That's what was showing up. And so two things that I'm gonna do now to process that. Um, one, What's the one thing about this situation that I can um, be grateful for? So I have to find the thing about this business decision that I can be grateful for. You know, I'm grateful, D, that you um, you made a decision and you're a risk taker. Or, you know, I, what I'm grateful about is that, you know what? You made a decision. Um, or I'm grateful that uh, you know, you're moving along in this thing, or I'm grateful, you know, so I find something to be grateful for. That's number one. And then number two, because I pray, I hand it off because in my, you know, in, in the faith that I believe there's scripture about, do not worry, do not be anxious about anything. So I had to remember what it is that I believe in and it literally, it's written. It's like, oh, well, the word of God says, 
do not be anxious about anything, but by everything and everything um, uh, in prayer and supplication. So just pray about it. And I'm like, you know what, God, that's on you. I trust that you wired me together. I am a human. And so if you wired me together and you led me to make this decision that I made the right decision, and if it's not the right decision, it's on you. I'm believing that all will be well. I'm going to give it to you. I'm now delegating that to you, God, that I'm good. Now I'm going to move on about my day. And so that's how I was able to process that. So I do two things, be grateful and then hand it off. If that's a practice that you do, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to go with this and I am going to believe the opposite. I'm not going to believe that I made a, a bad decision or a wrong decision. I'm going to believe, you know what? I made a right decision or the right decision. I'm not going to worry in advance where this is all will be well. I love that. As a Jewish person, worrying is like my, my MO. I go to, I flip out to worry very, very easily. So that is very helpful advice. I love that. Yeah. And there's scripture. I, I think there's, yeah. there's a word for you and I'm trying to think, I think I know it, I feel like, but there's, there is. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I think how, yeah. Leaning on faith as well. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, the time has flown and <laughs> we actually have to wrap up. <laughs> this is incredible, Dee. Um, thank you for joining us today. As always, it's such a pleasure to talk with you and hear your stories and share with the community. I listen, I enjoy being here. I see Teresa called out the scripture. How many of you by worrying can add a strand. Um, at Colleen, I see you all. It's always such a pleasure. I love the community. I love you all. I love what you're doing, what you created. And I like that you all invite me and we can chat. I see you, Catherine and Cassandra. And I love that it's just yummy, delicious mm -hmm. conversation. Um, that is, it's fun. And like, I feel like it's, it's girl talk and but it's also, it's so, it adds such value, I think, to not just to who we are, but who we want to become in terms of um, always focusing on our growth and development and how we can become better, so. Absolutely. Dee, you are a delight. And um, many people have said a favorite speaker. So <laughs> I would agree. A favorite human. Thank you so much for just being you. Unapologetic, bold, amazing, beautiful you, Dee. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your time with us. We need to catch up properly. Um, we'll have a phone call, a roller skating phone call with you. Yes, 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 yes. And we'll have to schedule an IG live um, roller skating session too. I don't know if I'll have the courage to do it, but maybe just for you all. I don't know how we do that, but it'll be just for you all because I'm not there. But anyway, thank you so much and talk soon. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you everyone for showing up. Uh, please do step up and reach down and help another woman up. We'll see you back in the platform. And if you really love Dee, go search for her in Kahila. We have lots of other conversations available. So see you next time. Thanks everyone. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you choosing to spend your time with us. If you love this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe.